You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Mom Next Door Stories of Faith, and I'm your host, Pam Fields. It is my absolute delight to welcome Grace Wabuki Klein to my show. Grace, you've been active in several different ministries over the years, and I know you've been growing your faith as you've moved through each chapter of your life. So if you wouldn't mind, just take us back, bring us into your story, and let us hear your heart. I don't know if you want to start in your childhood where you grew up. Just tell us what makes you you and take us into your story. Sure. I love the name of this podcast, Pam. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here, be with this community of, of women and just faith-based uh, women of faith. And so I would say I've had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. I'm so grateful that my parents introduced me to the Lord as a young girl, and it really has made all the difference in my life. So I was born in Uganda during the days of Idi Amin, that he was a very brutal dictator that was killing off Christians and those who were educated. And our family was in danger because not only was my dad, my parents Christians, but he was a professor at the main university. And we lived in the apartment just below where Idi Amin's son lived. So that meant the military was in and out of the building all the time and our lives were in danger, phones were tapped, all of that. But from a very young age, I grew up in an environment where my parents were praying Psalm 91 every day and trusting God for our deliverance. So that's a story from another time, but that's the, the environment I grew up in, a household of faith. And, and so we were able to um, escape. My dad was getting his PhD in virology. He was a scientist. So he came to the U.S. for his studies. We were in Minnesota for about eight years. No, no longer than that. I was in eighth grade. Um, sorry. Eighth uh-huh. grade and experienced a lot of heartache um, and racism there, but it was part of my story, making us stronger and growing our faith. So my dad got a job in California, which is where I spent most of my life, did my undergrad at UC Berkeley. And then uh, I was planning to be a doctor and I felt the Lord call me into full-time ministry. He said, instead of healing people physically, um, I want you to heal people spiritually. So Mm -hmm. I moved back down to Southern California, went to Fuller Seminary and got my master's degree and was brought onto our church staff shortly after where I served for 16 years. Um, was a wow. daughter of the house, um, associate pastor, until my husband came into the picture and we got married. We've been married just over five years now and live in Birmingham, Alabama. So <laughs> that's kind of like a global <laughs> travel through my life, but through it all, God has been so faithful and I'm um, really grateful for all that he's brought me through. So There's a lot of places of opportunities to change and opportunities to grow along that path. It sounds like. Yes, absolutely. So wherever you want to stop or dive deeper, you let me know, but lots of stories. I just have, I tell people um, that I may not be the most articulate person. I may not be the most 
educated, talented, but I'm one who has story after story of God's faithfulness. And mm. I know that Romans, Romans 12, 11 talks about we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So yeah, for sure. Whatever stories we land on today that they'll encourage um, whoever is listening. Well, the way that we connected was because of a book that you do have just coming out or has just come out and it goes through seasons in our life. And so I would love to just start stepping into those seasons. And I wonder if you could tell me an overview of, obviously we know the four seasons uh, yeah. on the calendar. What would right. it look like to have the four seasons in our life? How do you yeah. define that? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, the book is called Flourish, Finding Purpose in the Unknown and Unexpected Seasons of Life, um, which is something I think we all go through, the whole world has been through in the past few years. And it really is, how do you find purpose? How do you flourish? How do you continue to live out this life that God has for you? Because so often when we go through things, sometimes people can get frozen in either depression or anxiety or put life on pause. Mm. And so this really is about... Um, living our life. You know, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. So how do we do that through different things we go into in life? And so, like you mentioned, the book is is broken up into four seasons. Fall is really a season of letting go, letting go of things in our head, our heart, and our hands that may be keeping us stuck are holding us back. So things in our head is certain ways of thinking. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to make it. Things in our heart are like unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, all those things, comparison, and things in our hands might be something that the Lord is asking us to release. Maybe it's the tithe or offering or blessing somebody. So that's fall, just letting go. And we see mm-hmm. through trees that there is such a beauty in letting go, you know, um, and I can go more into that later, but let me cover the other seasons. Winter is about the trials that we go through. Um, it's the heartache, it's the loss of a loved one, a dream, a miscarriage, or it's the extended time of waiting, um, waiting to get pregnant, waiting to get married, which is a huge part of my winter season and my story. And learning uh, that God is still working, even when we don't see it with our natural eyes, Um, just like photosynthesis, you know, we may not see it, but we see the effects of it. Then spring is about being open to what God is doing or what he wants to do through you, because so Mm -hmm. often what we pray for looks very different than how he answers. And Mm -hmm. so open that God knows what's best and what we truly need. And then spring is a time of celebration, often a time that answers um, to our prayers have come to fruition. Also a time of reflection of um, what we have learned from the previous seasons that the Lord has brought us through. And then it's also a time of sharing with others who may be going through and encouraging them on how do you keep your faith when the struggle is real. So mm-hmm. um, that's what the four main seasons are broken down into. And I feel like it's something that we all go through. And it is very possible to be in two seasons at the same time as well. So the main thing is that we can continue to walk with purpose and flourish um, no matter where we're at. Hmm. I, I'm thinking about that walking in two seasons at the same time. And it seems like a strange, like that's not a natural occurrence, but then you realize that there does come hail down in some days where it's like the sun is shining and it's, we've got these little ice pellets falling from the sky. How does that work? So, uh, it, it, it is kind of funny how, um, yeah, 
we can we can walk through different things um, simultaneously. Right. Um, so I, I'm very curious just to start out. Are you a gardener? Oh, I absolutely do not have a green thumb. I wish <laughs> I did. I really do. Um, my mom, I have other family members who are able to, but all the plants in my house right now, because I love greenery, all the plants are fake, but we do live in um, Birmingham, Alabama. And so coming from California, one of the things I noticed right away was a change in seasons and mm. how we bought our house late October and then winter came and all of a sudden we saw all these different neighbors that we hadn't seen because of all the foliage that had fallen oh, down. Oh, yeah. And so just watching the transitions, um, it struck me that trees don't get concerned that their leaves are falling. In fact, they're intentional about letting go of their leaves. And if they mm. kept them, they would actually, trees would die because um, then when it was time for new growth, they wouldn't be space for that. So anyway, mm -hmm. I talk mm -hmm. more about that in the book about how we need mm -hmm. to be intentional and in letting go. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not a gardener either. I'm just starting. I'm actually my second year of gardening okay. and uh, I've learned I can grow cucumbers and zucchini, but oh. that's kind of the extent of it so far. But as, as you referenced so much about seasons and growing and, and the process of you know, botanical life. I was guessing you were a gardener and you could maybe give me a few tips. I'm the daughter of a scientist. Let's put it that way. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and the other reason I asked is because I was thinking about these trees and as they drop their leaves and they go through all the changes of budding and, and well, just the changes that they yeah. make. Uh, I was starting to think about their root structure and, you know, it's interesting that there may be these seasons that we see like across, like you're seeing your neighbors now that you hadn't seen before. And there's things that we interpret because we're seeing that, mm -hmm. but isn't it interesting to think about the root structure and how it must be nourished in order to grow and it must be strong. And uh, when there starts to be some sort of dis-ease or, uh, you know, unhealth to that yeah. root system, it would affect, I would assume <laughs> in all my gardening knowledge, it would, it, it would affect what you're seeing on the top of the surface. And yeah. so anyway, I wonder if there's anything about the root system. Have you ever thought about that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I write about it in the book because- okay. Um, so often, you know, we plant a seed in the ground and we don't see what is happening, right? right. Um, and it can look like, wow, that's just a plot of, of dirt and nothing's going on. And in life, it can just seem like, wow, I don't understand why this is, nothing's happening in my job or my marriage is just kind of like stale or the kids are not really on fire for God. And you're like, Lord, I'm crying out and nothing is happening. And so what we don't see underground though, is the seed is starting to establish its roots. Mm -hmm. And we can do the same thing spiritually by establishing roots in the word, being in our word, being in worship, um, getting that in us so that when we, as we grow and when we go through trials in life, we have that foundation. You know, we establish roots by also being um, involved in small groups being involved in our church because we weren't designed to walk our faith alone, right? It's through community. For and sure. so 
for me, that made all the difference in my life because um, my winter season was being single for so many years. And mm -hmm. especially when you're in ministry, there's so much involved with family. You know, there's, yeah. there's wedding showers, baby showers, there's officiating weddings, and there's just so many different things. And I kept saying, God, why are you answering everybody else's prayer, but not mine, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I cried out for years that, you know, asking him. And it wasn't until after I got married, Pam, when I said, God, why do some people wait only two years? And I waited two decades. Like, what's up with that? And it wasn't until after I, I got married that I heard, finally heard an answer from the Lord. And he said, Grace, do you want a faith that is two years deep or two decades deep? And that, my friends, is when I got it. There are some things that can only be developed through the heartache, through the trial, through those dark seasons when mm -hmm. it seems like nothing is happening. Yeah. The Lord is transforming us to be more like him. You know, I can tell you now, Pam, my faith is strong. You want to believe for something? I know that God is faithful. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, while I don't wish for anybody to have to go through a 20 year winter season, I can say that the fruit of that is something that money cannot buy. Mm -hmm. I can see an illustration in that, that you can't be completely dormant in winter for 20 years where there's nothing happening. You know, you're not just, life isn't on pause. You're still living life. Exactly. So you have areas of fruitfulness in other areas, yep. um, in other aspects of your life are fruitful, even yep. though in this one, you're kind of on hold. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Through all those years, were you recognizing that as a season of winter um, that, you know, like having confidence that this is just a season and there will be an end to it? Oh, that is such a great question, Pam. And I'm laughing because um, one of the things I did throughout the book is put some of my very transparent and vulnerable journal entries. Okay. And previously, I have always said, if anything happens to me, burn my journals, like take whatever you want. <laughs> you can take anything, but for the love, burn the journals because you will hear and, or you will read like my heart's cry out to the Lord. And they were seasons. Mm -hmm. I kind of like a roller coaster where it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm believing by faith. God's got this. And then others, you know, I get invited to, you know, five different weddings that summer. And I'm like, that's it. You know, God's forgotten me. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And, um, and so there were definitely seasons of faith and others where it was like, um, okay, God, I don't know what is happening here. And so one of the things that I tried to keep in front of me is just like I was saying earlier, Jesus said that I'm, I have come that you might have life and life abundance. So I was like, I do not want to put my life on hold or yeah. go into a cave of depression. Um, I want to live my life. And so I traveled the world, you know, mm. I've been to almost every major continent at this point. I took the real estate investing classes, cooking classes, dance classes, you know, and, and Phil will tell you that one of the things that he found so attractive about me was that I was living my life, you know, so uh. I was either, you know, learning new things or I was serving other people. That was the other thing that was huge to me to go and pour seeds into people, um, whether it was their marriages, uh, marriages that I um, aspired to have one day, other families, you know, I took, um, since I didn't have kids to buy Christmas presents for, I was like, 
who's a family in the church that may be struggling financially that I could bless and buy mm. Christmas presents for. And it was so fulfilling to walk and live my life in that way that we can walk with purpose through these painful seasons. Um, there's always somebody else who's hurting and we can be the hands and feet of Jesus in their, in their lives. So yeah. One of the one of the things that really taught me that, and you can edit away if this is too long, but I, I had a friend who got married and she was from a very affluent family. There was no budget whatsoever. And I remember thinking, wow, I would want that. You know, who wouldn't want that? And then less than two years later, they were getting a divorce. And that's what made me realize, wow, we spend so much time, you know, fantasizing. This is what my wedding will look like. And um, we spend very little time in who do I need to be for the marriage I would love to have. So I began to really lean into that, cast a vision for what is the type of marriage, godly marriage that I would want to have. And what are the attributes that that would require and began to really work on myself in those things um, for what I would bring to the table to make that happen. So mm. I, I've interviewed a few different people recently who've written books for young ladies and yeah. kind of encouraging them along that same line is that, you know, you can't just cast that it's, it's going to be perfect someday. And I just need to sit around and wait. Yeah. Um, I love that you were cultivating in your winter, you were cultivating and helping plant in other people's springs and other people's uh, times of, of summer and celebrating with them and moving ahead and doing the things of life. Yeah. But I wonder if sometimes it seems like in the church, when we know somebody is going through a winter, it's like this dirge is playing and it's like, you know, they're in winter, something must be wrong. And, and somehow in our minds, we get it messed up that winter is shameful or winter is a problem instead of seeing winter as a path towards spring, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're a hundred percent correct. And sometimes it's not until you walk through it yourself that you realize that. Um, mm -hmm. And then you get to have extra grace for that. Right. And so I remember another winter season that I went through was with my dad passing away. Suddenly he had Parkinson's, but you know, I had talked to him the day before and he was actually doing better. I could understand his words. And, and so I was shocked when I got a call from a doctor saying we did everything we could. And it was like my own personal, like winter storm, the worst ever storm you could have come, come through. And um, for months, it was just like a haze. You know, I was crying through every single church service, you know, partially because of the grief, but then also when I was in worship, I felt like that was when I was closest to him because he was worshiping in heaven. But for Several months, Pam, I actually dealt with a debilitating fear that because I was not there for him in his final moments, that that might happen to somebody else in my family, whether it was my mom or my husband, because there's a 15 year age gap between the two of us. And so he'd be going somewhere and I'd be like, where are you going? And when are you coming back? And can I come with you? Which was so uncharacteristic of me. Um, he loved it because his love language <laughs> is quality time. But I was like, what in the world? So I worked with a counselor and I spent time just in the Lord's presence. And finally, the Lord just said, Grace, stop living in fear. Your mm -hmm. dad was ready to go. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, Pam, 
it brought such a sense of peace and closure because I realized what was the absolute worst day of my life was actually my dad's best day because he'd been walking with the Lord for over 50 years and finally was meeting him face to face. Mm. Now I share all that because had you had met me in that span of time, it would have been exactly what you were just describing in terms of what, um, how the church sometimes responds, you know? And so I think we just need to, um, just give people some grace and understand mm-hmm. that this is part of their journey. It's not the final chapter, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and be able to walk along that journey with somebody, whether or not they're able to bring something to the table right now or contribute right now, you know, understanding that we all will go through a winter season. So why not be the person who's that 3 a.m. friend for somebody? Because you might need one later on in your life as well. Doesn't it seem like the winter season is the most isolating? We yes. we tend to, if we ourselves are in a winter season, we draw back yes. and kind of start to implode. And, you know, somebody seeing you walk through that season, they may be like, yeah, she's kind of got some stuff going on right now. Let me give her some space. But yes. that's probably the opposite than yes. that we need to be doing, right? Exactly. And I think having been on both sides now, um, you know, you might think, I don't know what to say, or I don't know what to do. Well, a lot of times you don't have to say or do anything, just sit with the person, you know, and you're just letting them know I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm in this with you. You know, when I was going through that singleness, what um, season, what was so helpful to me was when somebody was like, I'm praying for you, Grace. And mm-hmm. for this man that God has for you. And that told me they they weren't trying to match make me like well, that happens in the church way too much. I'm like, <laughs> you don't know me and you're trying to match me to somebody you met at the grocery store, you know? So <laughs> no, just, just, Hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm here for you. You know, mm-hmm. and when I was grieving, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. Just a simple text, you know, God hasn't forgotten you. Neither have I. And so, and then when you are the one who's hurting, allowing people to be there for you is so important because it is exactly what you're saying. You're like, I don't even have energy to get out of bed, let alone carry on a conversation. Right. And so, um, but we do need each other. We're not designed to do this walk alone. I'm trying to picture, I'm very visual. And so I'm trying to picture this fall season of releasing things and how we release things and it moves us into the winter and then moves us into spring. What linear, now you can have different seasons happening simultaneously. So do you see any other linear movement as we go through those stages? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So when I was saying about t- being in two different seasons at the same time, I mean, I had just gotten married and less than a year later, my dad passes away. So there is like the thing I had been praying for and my worst nightmare at the same time. Yeah process through all of that. So that's what I mean. Um, um, you know, the, another one was, we just found out that we were becoming grandparents and, and, and doing the gender reveal. And then four days later, my mom was in the hospital for a medical, um, scare. And so, so that happens, but then also what I was referring to with a fall is that leaves actually have a hormone where they intentionally 
have their leaves fall off. Trees have this hormone. And most people think the le- the wind is the one that pulls the, the leaves off of a tree. But actually the trees are like, it's time to go because they know that if those leaves stay on the tree through winter, the water that's in them is going to freeze and the tree is going to have a bunch of dead leaves now that when it comes spring, there's no room for new tree, no new leaves to grow. And so it will actually, in time cause the death of a tree. So in our lives, I draw the parallel that we want to be intentional about letting things go that in our our head, our heart, and our hand, because it can actually withhold or prevent us from experiencing what God has for us. And so that's why we I'm I'm always saying, Lord, I don't want to hold on to anything that you don't want me to. And when I went through um, again, so much of this can be applied to whatever we're believing God for. Like if you're believing to have a child and get pregnant, a new job, healing, and you know, you're not seeing the answer to prayer. There came a point when I was like, Lord, I believe everything belongs to you and it comes from you. And I'm laying all my desires on the altar because all I want is you more than anything. Mm. And there's a story that I tell in the book where at the time I had a few friends who were um, looking to get their own place. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to bless them with some things um, to help them get started. But I quickly thought about how these are things that I would be fine with letting go. Now, the true test is if they were to pick the things throughout my house. So I had three different occasions, three different friends come through. And I said, I believe that all that I have, the Lord has entrusted me with for this season and for this next season, he wants to bless you with it. So each friend walked through the house and I had them pick whatever they would want to take with them. The only caveat is they couldn't come back with a moving truck. They had to take it right then. And so one took a lot of my clothes because we were the same size. Another took a lot of stuff from my kitchen, um, my KitchenAid mixer and all that stuff. And another took a lot of the decor and everything. So in just a matter of a couple of weeks, my house was extremely bare. My kitchen didn't have tools and my, uh, my closet. I was trying to mix and match something that looked presentable. Now, the intention was not to go out and replace them, but to learn to live in a place of contentment that God was providing for my every need. And I was completely surrendered to his will. And it was remarkable. I was like, wow, this, it was like a growth moment in my faith with God. Now, I'm not saying to those of you who are listening <laughs> to go and have somebody come through your house and take whatever they want. No, the point was to live in the life of such surrender that yeah. God have my life, have your way, whatever you want to say or do through me. And I think that's what the seasons teach us. You know, the trees are completely surrendered that they know that their their um, nourishment, all that they have, all that they need is coming from God. You know, it's Father, not yeah. they can go and move to, I'm going to go move over there, the greener pastures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's such a steadiness that we see in them that come what may, they're staying standing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I think there's so much that we can just, as we just look at trees out our windows, can be encouraged that the same God who's providing for them or the birds that we see, he's going to provide and he's going to bring us through. Mm. What a brave and bold way to surrender. Oh man. And I, and I think that probably 
all of us hold on to a few of those things. Now, if it's not walking through and taking something from my house, right? I I can think of times in my life where, you know, you just kind of get this gut check and you feel like the Lord is telling you to hand it over and you feel like, you know, I I, kind of think that in this area right here, I'm supposed to make a change, but it's a spiritual struggle. It's like- Oh, am I hearing right? Or what if it doesn't come back? Or what if I'm wrong? And that right there is, I don't know what season that would be in, right? That's the season where you're, you're just in the struggle. And it, when you finally go through and do surrender, that is the growth that, right. That's the new life and the budding that comes out. Absolutely. And, and if anybody is in that season where you're like, I want to let go, but I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm too scared. I would encourage you to look through the Bible story after story, after story of God's faithfulness, that Mm -hmm. as people let go, the Lord did not leave them stranded or hanging. And he's not going to do that to you either. That's why I love the word so much. And I love to hear people's stories when Mm -hmm. I'm going through a situation, I'll look to people who have been through either something similar and are now on the other side. And I say, I want to hear your story because it, yeah. it, it's my faith. It says that God's did it for them. He can do it for me too, that nothing's yeah. impossible with the Lord. And mm-hmm. so um, for those of you who may be going through right now, I would just encourage you to let you know that God sees you. He has not forgotten you. He hears the cry of your heart. What you are going through is not your final story, is not your final chapter. He is still writing your story and he is faithful to bring you through. Amen. Amen. That's what I'm saying. And that is exactly why I do this podcast. You know, people have asked me, why did you start it? Or what's your um, angle? Or what are you hoping to accomplish? And I I tell them just what you said. I I say that, you know, we all need to hear stories about God's faithfulness, because when we hear what he's done for others and how he's been active in the lives of other people, just common, ordinary people like us. Now think about those uh, people in the Bible, ancient times, They were common, ordinary people, right? Somehow we get this idea that they weren't, but they are. Their their stories happen to be written down, uh, which makes them extraordinary, not because they were extraordinary, but because God used their lives in an extraordinary way, right? Exactly, exactly. And we do, we know if he has done it for them, we can trust him with our stories and we can trust him to move in our lives. I think- a big part of this is control. And yes. those words control and surrender yes. are very connected. They're com- they're very connected. Yeah. So um hundred yes. percent. For all the planners out there, uh, I I feel your pain because I had my life planned out from when I was in junior high. And this is what mm-hmm. high school, college, and after was gonna look like. And You know, I I love doing lists and, you know, the list of what my, I wanted in a husband, what I wanted in a house. And part of my journey was um, when I bought my first house, I remember I had a list of what what I wanted and the city I was looking in, there is a house that came on the market that I was like, oh, I'll just look at it because it's in the particular city. But I already knew based on the curb appeal, I'm like, that's not the one. Well, let me tell you, the minute I walked into this house, I felt the peace of God mm-hmm. in a way that I hadn't felt in any other house that I had looked at. This particular house 
was only one of two houses on a cul-de-sac. And even though from the outside, I would not have picked it. Once I walked in, I was like, oh, I know why the Lord selected this for me. You see, Pam, I am a natural introvert. And in full-time ministry, every weekend, interacting with thousands of people, the Lord knew I needed a safe haven to come home to. And Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't realize that. On my list was a view and this, that, and the other. Um, It had no view, but it was exactly what I needed. And after that, I took my list of what I was believing for a husband and ripped it up, not in a desperate way. I've seen a lot of women in a desperate way. Is he breathing? Check. You know, no, this was in a way of, Lord, I give you a blank piece of paper that Mm. you know what I need even more than I do, because that's what I learned through the the house buying process. And Mm. so now I really am like, okay, God, in whatever I'm moving into, what do you see what do you want um because you know me better than i and and i'm so grateful i did because my husband <laughs> doesn't look anything like what i had said i said i wanted a chocolate bald head of man man of god because growing up i was always the one that was different and i didn't want to be different coming home not that I'm, I'm attracted to all the races but that was the reason and so my husband is white chocolate <laughs> <laughs> but god knew he's exactly what i needed and i'm so grateful Well, before we hit record, I was telling you that I moved from Oregon to Tennessee almost three years ago. And uh, when we moved here, I was the first of my friends to kind of leave our area. But since, you know, there's been this mass shift of people all around the country. And wouldn't you know, I probably have eight to 12 friends that now live in Tennessee as well. And there's clusters of them in all these different areas. And here I am. I did have one friend that ended up moving to my same town, but for the most part, there's these clusters all around me. It's a couple hour drive and uh, they're teasing me. Like, why didn't you pick over here? I said, I was the first one. I didn't know. But then I, and and I always think, well, why did the Lord put me over here? Why am I here hours away from all my friends? And uh, it was, it's kind of funny. I'm opposite you. I'm a total extrovert. And (laughs) I recognized finally that uh, we kind of joke about it. Now I'm here in time out because the Lord knows that if I lived close to all of my longtime forever friends, I would never get anything done. I would be so busy doing things. And so now here I have an opportunity to be in my home, to do podcasts, to start working on some writing projects. I'd never get it done if I actually lived near them. And so again, just releasing that, uh, purpose, like, Lord, what do you have for me and lead me? Because if I was left to figure it out on my own, um, I may not uh, be stepping in tune to follow his purpose. Um, and I, I think what you were saying, tearing up that list, Mm -hmm. releasing those things to the Lord is actually a really wise part of parenting and Mm. So much mothers start to make a plan, you know, like you said, we're list makers, we're, we're looking down the road, not only what is my five-year goal or 10-year goal, we're making those plans for our children. And maybe the Lord wants us to surrender the people in our lives as well and let him lead and guide them. And, uh, it is a, a change of, um, change of heart. It's a change of mindset, but that is where we're going to find complete peace because 
we can't be in control again. When we release the control to the Lord, we can trust that he's going to work out the stories uh, in the lives of the people that we love as well. Yes, exactly. Because it's exhausting trying to control everything, right? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yep, yep. Well, this has been really fun talking to you. Now, I'm going to guess that we will have opportunity to be in every one of these seasons a secondary or third time as well. So it's it's um, as we learn and grow, we can't expect to say, oh, good, I'm glad that's over. I'm sure I'll never be there again, or I never want to go there again. But to step into the seasons that the Lord has given us to mm-hmm. accept them as hit from him and part of the process as yeah. uh, we walk in that, it's that whole sanctification process, right? Yes. Exactly, exactly. And so that's why I talk about being open to what God is doing, because we see just a portion of right here and right now, but he sees the entire picture and we can trust him with that. Just like you were talking about with kids, we can trust him with our kids that he loves them just as much, if not more than we do and Mm -hmm. wants the best for them even more than we do. And so we can trust him with our kids and with our future and with our finances that as we're listening to his leading, you know, the word of God talks about the steps of a righteous person are ordered. So I'm always like, Lord, order my steps. I want to be exactly where you want me to be doing exactly what you called me to do. And so um, I digress. (laughs) No, that's, I I agree. That is uh, a a process that it doesn't always come too easily. And um, some places we release and sometimes those leaves are still hanging on. <laughs> yeah. But if, if there's one thing the Bible tells us is that God is faithful, you know, he, time after time, he will not leave you or forsake you. He will bring you through. Yes. Well, Grace, would you mind just closing us out in a word of prayer today? Well, I would be delighted to. Lord, we love you so much, and we're just so grateful for who you are, for all that you have done, all that you have brought us through, the different experiences and opportunities that you've um, given us, Lord. And I just thank you for um, the people who are listening. I thank you for Pam and for her um, having this podcast and the opportunity to connect and share stories, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness. And um, I pray that you would just minister to that person who may be in the fall season and um, just really afraid of letting something go. I pray that you would give them the strength to do that and the assurance that you are with them. And for the one who's in the winter season, that you would bring comfort and strength, that you would bring people alongside them to walk that road with them, that they would know that they are not alone. And for those in the spring, that they would be open to what you are doing um, and uh, what you want them to say or do in this season and for the summer that we would take time to reflect and give thanks for all that you've done. And so God, we just thank you for this time together in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now, before we actually say goodbye, I wanted to direct you to all of Grace's links and her website, all the places to find her. And I will be putting those in the show notes, but Grace, tell me where can we find you? And again, the name of your book. Yes. So the book is called Flourish, Finding Purpose in the Unknown and Unexpected Seasons of Life. And you can find me at Grace Wabuki Klein on social media 
or my website. So that's Grace, W-A-B-U-K-E-K-L-E-I-N, Grace Wabuki Klein. Right. We're going to make sure to find you over there. And I want to ask ladies, do you have a community of women to walk with you through your life and through all these seasons? Well, I want to invite you to join me and a group of my friends over on Facebook in the Tending Fields Moms group. We would love to just chat, to pray with you, and to talk about these practical things that occur. You know, we're all going to go through the seasons. It's a lot easier when we go through it together. So uh, if, and if you're not on Facebook, go ahead and click the subscribe button on my website and I can stay connected with you through email. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great week. Bye-bye. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, think on these things.